You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Come on, Uncle Jed, the party's starting. Hear that music? This is the Sports Yak Podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy Shorts. Sports Yak is brought to you by Rabbit Wigs. Put that rabbit in a wig. Call for a fitting today. 574-RABBITS. Here's Chuck and Corey. What if they don't use their last name? No, they're, they're that popular. They just go Chuck and Corey. No, they're not that popular. Use your last names, guys, for a couple of years at least. From South Bend, Indiana, it's Sports Yak. This is Jimmy Shorts. Thank you, Studio DNA Podcast Network. And here's your host, Corey Mann. And Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie. New week, new day. Welcome to Monday as we record this episode 86 of the Sports Yak. Hi, my name is Corey. To my left, that's Chuck Freebie. It's the James Lofton episode. I feel like I know that name. The former Packers wide receiver. Had some time with Buffalo as well. 
Now, a radio announcer, I believe, on CBS might do some TV games from time to time. Okay. I'm looking more forward to the end of the episode where we pick out our favorite song. I know. From 1986. I know. That's always a highlight for me, too. But I'll wait. I'll wait. Can we start with baseball? We can. I watched uh, I watched the Cubs on Friday and yesterday. <laughs> you picked a good game to miss on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday I just missed, uh, which, which is fine. Yeah. But, uh, Boy, I, uh, I'm i a fan loyalist of Ben Zobris, but I tell you what, Javi Baez, when it's time to play and do something like, all right, let's do this, he's that guy. He is one of the most exciting players in the game today, sometimes one of the most frustrating. Let's take the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he comes up in the fifth inning, Rizzo leads off the inning with a double. And Javi is up with a runner on second and nobody out. Baseball fundamentals will tell you, your job is to get that guy over to third so a fly ball or a ground ball can bring him home. Javi instead tries to blast one out of Wrigley Field and pulls a fly ball to left, which Rizzo cannot advance on. Then Contreras hits one deep to the warning track, his time up and flies out, and the Cubs get nothing out of the inning. If Javi somehow, a bunt, hits something over to the right side, do something to get Rizzo over to third. He can be a maddening player to watch. Mm -hmm. However, then we move to the seventh. (laughs) Rizzo, with two outs, is hit by a pitch. Which I think I heard, same place he's been hit three times of the five He's been hit this season. Yeah, and you could Ouch. you could tell this one smarted. Oh, like on the ankle, wasn't it? Like that? Yeah. Down. Oh man, he, he's been taking a beating. So he is on first with two away, and I say to my TV with Mary and other people in the room, I say, Javi, now if you want to swing for the fences, <laughs> go ahead. Sure enough, he swings for the fences and takes one out to right center. And triples off the wall. Mm-hmm. Rizzo scores. It's one nothing. Looks like the Cubs are going to get a one nothing win. Pedro Strope is on in the ninth. He's facing Dyson, who has only hit 16 homers in a 10-year big league career. And Dyson takes him over the right field wall. And I mean deep over the right field wall. I think Strope uh, threw on Friday, too. He, he had a full weekend. Yeah, but I mean he should be able to throw on Friday and again on Sunday. Yeah. So it's a 1-1 ball game as we go to the ninth and my wife says who's coming up she's out in the kitchen working on the ham she uh-huh. says who's coming up and i said javi and i said if he does his job that should be it well javi with two strikes on him hits a little cue shot down the right field line but they're they've got the shift on for javi mm-hmm. so they've got everybody pulled over to the left side of the infield so this little cue shot where the first baseman would normally be standing Instead, goes down the right field line. Mm-hmm. And then because Javi is so dynamic on the bases, Adam Jones, the right fielder for the Diamondbacks, finds himself looking up, bobbles the ball. That's <laughs> all the invitation Javi needs to take the extra base. He winds up going to third. Just hauling around those bases. He is fantastic to watch on the bases. So he goes to third. Contreras gets hit by a pitch. Up comes David Bodie, who... Gets his fourth walk off of his career with a base hit into right field, and the Cubs win it two to one. 
And he gets on an airplane to go see his wife. He has no time to talk to the media after the game. He's got to go out to Colorado to see his wife because they're expecting the birth of their third child. Anthony Rizzo, who is always good for a good quote, after the game goes, well, I believe this is the Grand Slam, baby, because it's 36 weeks to the day from Bodie's Grand Slam that he hit against Washington where he did the airplane around the bases. <laughs> so That's some good math. So Rizzo is basically saying that this is the Bodie Grand Slam baby. I'll okay. tell you why Saturday didn't look good for them. It's not a me problem. It's a you problem. As in you, Darvish. <laughs> you Darvish? Yeah, he stinks. He's huh? awful. He has not done anything good in a Cubs uniform. And I don't know how. I, I guess if you're the Cubs, it's like, well, we're paying them all this money. We have no choice but to keep trotting them out there. But he is not good. And you look at the rest of that rotation, they've done such a great job. In the last nine games, Cubs starters ERA, 1.27. I would love to see that number with Darvish taken out of there because it would probably be well below one. Uh, Saturday's Tigers-Sox game was canceled due to weather up in Detroit. Yeah, and then on Sunday they played, and the Tigers win it by a count of 4-3. to three. So the Tigers uh, wind up taking two out of three in that series. Tigers have found themselves a pretty nice reliever by the name of Shane Green, okay. who is now 10-for-10 10 10 in saves this year. I do, still don't see Detroit contending for anything in the American League Central this year. Uh, but at least you can start to see some signs of improvement under Ron Garden higher, which were not there in the in the waning years of the Brad Osmus regime. The the problem for the White Sox continues to be the ability to score runs. They have just been inept offensively this year. Your answer: better play calling, broadcasting to listen to right now. Cubs game or a Sox game? Well, Jason Benetti is is very good. He's a a bright, young announcer, and he and Steve Stone make for an enjoyable pair. But I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm going to tend to lean towards Len and J.D., Mm -hmm. and and I think they do a nice job of going back and forth between, uh, I think you get probably a little better baseball analysis from Stone than you get from Deshaies. Okay. Uh, Deshaies is more kind of a, a blend of offbeat humor, things like that, which which appeals to me. But if I'm looking to know what's going on in the game, I'd rather hear it from Steve Stone. And it's interesting. The Sun-Times did an article on Stoney over the weekend in which Steve Stone basically says, I'm psychic. I see things happening before they happen in a game. And he's not necessarily... Saying this is just, oh, I know so, so much baseball. I know what's going to happen. He says he's he's had these kind of episodes in his life, all throughout his life, where he can kind of see something unfolding before it does. And Benetti vouches for him. He says there are times in a game where something bad is going to happen to the White Sox. And Stone writes it on a piece of paper and slides it between the two of them. And then when it happens, he flips open over the piece of paper, and there it is. They gave an example of earlier this year, I think Lucas Giolito had a no-hitter going. Okay. And Stone writes on a piece of paper, no-hitter ends with Alex Gordon for the Royals. 
Alex Gordon comes up, base hit. Now, Stone doesn't want to say this on the air because baseball fans, as a superstitious lot, are also a little bit stupid. And so if he had said, I think Alex Gordon is going to get a base hit and break up the no-hitter, and then Alex Gordon gets a base hit and breaks up the no-hitter, baseball fans are foolish enough that they're not going to blame the pitcher. They'll blame Steve Stone because he violated the rule of the no-hitter. So do they do that together as a joke or to the fact of, like, this is actually happening, we'll do it here, and we write it down? And Yeah, he just, is, he'll... That's he'll, fascinating. He writes down things. So I uh, I tweeted out uh, a retweet of the article on 46 Sports, I think, last night. Mm-hmm. So if you scroll down on the 46 Sports page, you'll find that article. It's a, it's a good read. And um, Stone's an interesting character. You know, he's... He's been around Chicago baseball now. Of course, he played for both the Cubs and the White Sox. His candor and his honesty basically got him fired by the Chicago Cubs back in 2004. And the White Sox picked him up, and he's he's done a really good job with them uh, over the years. Who just had the rehab stint here in South Bend? Mike Montgomery, and he might be back for another one. Yeah, I heard them drop that during the broadcast. Yeah. And uh, of course, as in here, uh, yes, I I think there could be one more. Although South Bend is in uh, Lansing to begin the week, uh, but it's possible that by the end of the week, Montgomery might be ready for one more rehab stint, and he could come here. Yeah, I know they're here Friday night. Want to do some basketball? Well, let's talk about the Pacers. Even though uh, basically this is a eulogy for the Indiana Pacers, they (laughs) are swept by the Boston Celtics for zip. Let's face it, the Pacers' season ended when Victor Oladipo got hurt. You knew right then that they weren't going very far. They tried to make a good run of it at one point in the regular season without him. I think they had a five- or six-game winning streak without Oladipo. But without Oladipo, they don't have the talent to match up with the better teams in the East. And the East wound up being a much deeper conference than we thought it was going to be. Uh, Milwaukee emerged as a great team. Toronto is a very good team, as is Philadelphia, as is Boston. And and of those four teams, Boston may be the best coach team of the group with Brad Stevens. And Brad Stevens continued to befuddle the Indiana Pacers throughout this series. Uh, Indiana just couldn't make enough adjustments to what Stevens would change up on them. And so Boston wins it in a sweep 110-106, and there are some who believe that the Celtics may be able to work themselves from the four seed all the way to the NBA Finals. I don't know. We'll see how they match up. Milwaukee has been playing really well against the Pistons, but the Pistons have been undermanned in most of this series, too, against Milwaukee with Blake Griffin being out. The thing about Milwaukee is they have such great balance. We hear about the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and we hear about Pat Connaughton because he's a Notre Dame guy, but the other day I checked the box score of the game against Detroit. They had six guys in double figures. Well, if you get that many guys in double figures, you're typically going to win the game. And Milwaukee's been playing very well. Banker's Life Fieldhouse. My wife will be attending there on May the 5th, Chuck Freebie. Who's in concert? New Kids on the Block. That would be uh, Donnie Wahlberg, would it not? Mm-hmm. Blue Bloods. Now, does he still perform with them? Yes, the original lineup. Really? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's like a 
it's a eighties nineties mishmash. I think TLC or Salt and Pepper are there. Uh, one of the the Tiffany's or the Debbie Gibsons are there. It's a it's a nostalgia night. Okay, she's going for her birthday. Well, good for her. Yeah. Uh, so at least there will be something happening at Banker's Life Fieldhouse <laughs> yes. the rest of the year because the Pacers are done. And honestly, if you ask me, okay, well, what do they have to do to get past the first round? First of all, they got to keep everybody healthy, uh, which, you know, get Oladipo back next year and see how it goes. But I think it makes it tough for the for the management down there to figure out, okay, what are the things that we need? And even with Oladipo, I'm not sure the Pacers are an NBA Finals contender yet. Speaking of basketball, we may hear a name for Bethel College this week. I would think so. I would think in the next couple of days, remember we had uh, Tony Natale, the incoming athletic director, on the show last week, and he intimated that uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday could be the day that we hear the unveiling of the new men's basketball coach. He gave us off the air the names of five finalists. I don't necessarily want to give those on the air because he didn't necessarily give us permission to do that. Uh, if you want to listen to that episode, by the way, number 83 of Tony and okay. Chuck's conversation. Um, however, I, I think in knowing the names and and let's see, I think I could share that at least four of them, four of the five have some local connection. Okay. There's only one, what I would call outsider, and at least the outsider has a connection to the state of Indiana. Um, so I think out of this, Bethel's going to emerge with a good coach. And if they can keep all the recruits from the recruiting class that Ryan Lightfoot put together, which it sounds like they might, um, they'll be an interesting team to watch next year in the Crossroads League. Have you had an opportunity to see any of the promotional commercials or campaign for the NFL draft? I have managed to avoid those. Okay. However, I did some research on the NFL draft because it is draft week. Thursday is the NFL draft, and I figured we'd want to talk about it here on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you pay attention to the NFL draft as as casual fan? Um, If I see that it was on... I'd probably watch maybe the first hour. I think it takes way too long. Oh yes, it does. Uh, I I I, I kind of want to let's let's get going. I kind of keep my eye on Notre Dame players if if right. there are any. I kind of try to keep my eye on the Bears if there are any picks for them. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like the format's changing a little. They're trying to broaden the audience with you know not only the game day staff, the Good Morning America staff. Luke Bryan's going to be there. Bobby Bones is there. They treat this like uh, news networks treat a political convention, and I'm not sure that it needs all that. Right. I think like most ESPN things, it's overproduced. Uh, basically, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like most fans, I think. I just want to know who my team's going to get. And, yeah, where my favorite college guys are going to go. WNBA seemed to have it dialed in pretty great. Yeah, they moved it along. Now, they've got fewer teams. Right. And let's be honest, there's less interest in that Mm -hmm. than there is the NFL draft from the casual fan. Uh, Here's what I can tell you about the NFL draft 
at, at least what we'll cover today. Kyler Murray seems a lock as the number one pick. The Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Oklahoma. Arizona, even though they've got Josh Rosen, I think Cliff Kingsbury, the new coach there, loves Kyler Murray, and he's going to get him Kyler Murray. Now, will Kyler Murray start right away, or will Josh Rosen start right away? Hard to say. Let's put it this way. The Arizona Cardinals are going to have a lot of money invested in quarterbacks they get on the first that round draft pick, and they get the first pick of the draft. Okay, uh, I would think it's a pretty good bet. Nick Bosa from Ohio State is going to go as the number two pick to San Francisco. After that, it kind of becomes a little more up for grabs. Okay. That's that's where trades might start. That's where teams might start to deal down. Um, you know, some of the big questions in this draft: Will the Giants go get a quarterback? You know, there's been talk for years that they should get a quarterback so that there's there's a backup to Eli Manning, somebody being groomed, because Eli's not getting any younger. Right. But it appears that if the Giants if the Giants were to go get a quarterback, maybe they go get Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Uh his name has been bantied about a lot. But there's no guarantee that they are. The Bears are well down in the draft. Um They've got a lot of different options for them. Defensive back would be a need. I think they probably need another running back. All they've got right now is Tariq Cohen, who's proven. Uh, so you could see the Bears go that route. As far as Notre Dame guys in the draft, I keep seeing Jerry Tillery's name knocked around in the first round. I see interest in him from the Colts, from the Chargers, from the Seahawks. I think those are the three main teams where you might see Jerry Tillery wind up. No idea how to download a podcast or listen on your smartphone? Well, me either. Check out studiodna.media. That's studiodna.media. Now, back to the show. I want to circle back to high school basketball real quick. Okay. Uh, we were talking about basketball and we were talking about the NBA. A couple things to keep an eye on high school basketball. Wawasee has made a coaching change. They have not renewed the contract of John Everingham after three seasons. Now, if you look at John Everingham's record and you see 18-52, and 52, you might say, well, I understand why they didn't renew his contract. What I hear, though, is in the feeder program that he set up and in the middle schools, there's talent coming. So the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, who built the feeder program? Well, that was John Everingham, too. If you're happy with the feeder program and what's coming, should you have given him another year or two or three Mm -hmm. to try to get things turned around? And there seems to be a problem down at Wawasee, quite frankly, of them being able to retain coaches. Um, I don't know if that problem... Where that problem starts, uh, my, I've always been a subscriber to the thought that a fish stinks from the head down. Tell me the evidence that supports that statement. Before before he was there, was it another coach with a short term? Yeah. Okay. And it's not just in that program. Other, It's the football program. It's other sports as well. So do you feel like it's a you either win quickly or we're going to move along? Yeah. Win quickly. Right. Which, 
I'm not sure is the most realistic approach to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the high school level, it's a fine line between your job is to win and your job is to provide a great experience for the student athlete. You know, sometimes you can't win at the high school level because the players you've inherited have not been taught properly how to play the game, and you can do all you want as a coach to try to turn it around, but if your players aren't well-schooled in the fundamentals coming up, it's going to be awfully tough to compete with other programs that have the feeder program in place. And that's why when I talked about Everingham, I was in putting some emphasis on the feeder programs because it seems like things were set up to turn around there. And maybe they will for the next coach who inherits these kids who have been taught to play the game properly. But who knows if the new coach's style will match that which has been put in place. And who knows what they're looking for in a new coach. Right. Were they a winning school previous to these coaches? Was there like a They do not have a they do not have a winning tradition. Okay. No. Um they had a winning tradition in girls basketball under Kem Zolman because his daughter Shauna helped build that winning tradition. I'm familiar with that name. Yeah. Um they had some winning years in football under Joe Rietveld. They have not really experienced a whole lot of success in either football or boys basketball over the last ten years. Uh, they've had some success in softball. They've had some success. They've had some, a lot of success in softball. Uh, they've had some su- some success in track and field, but basically, because of a lack of retaining coaches, I think uh, they've had some difficulty winning. Have we aired out all we need to air out? Well, from a sports standpoint, yes, but I think one of the great dramatic things of this program that we've developed in the last few episodes <laughs> is the look at music because we always try to match up the episode number 86 with the year 1986 and favorite songs. Now, by 1986... I am now a senior at the University of Notre Dame. Are you even listening to music? I mean, you're busy, right? I'm busy, and I'm not a huge music aficionado, but I am listening to music in my car, usually going back and forth from Elkhart to Notre Dame when I'm working on the weekends and things like that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm listening to some music. You, of course, you're listening to lots of music because you're in your room in Stevensville. Mm-hmm. I'm a junior at high school. your own dance party. Doing dance parties not only in my bedroom, but uh, after the big football, basketball games as well. Playing Bon Jovi records, Beastie Boy records. Mm-hmm. I will say that 86, as I'm reviewing the list here, was a good year for newly made female bands. The Bangles, the Go-Go's, Bananarama, Groups like that had a pretty good year as you sink in your chair. There's a guy that used to call me at my first radio job, and he'd ask for the Bangalese. Can you play the the Bangalese? Can you play the Monday sung by the Bangalese band? Yeah. The Monday sung by the Bangalese band. Monique Monday? Yeah. What's your your song? Have you picked one? Yes, I do have one. What's yours? The year was 1986. (laughs) 
the switching of lead singers. Big controversy in high school. Are you Van Hagar or are you Van Halen? I said, I don't care. I'm Eddie Van. I'm Camp Eddie Van Halen. So whatever he does. But this to me, man, when this hit at summertime. It's got what it takes. It's got what it takes. Only time will tell if we stand the test of time. What a lyric, Chuck Freeby. Why Can't This Be Love by uh, Van Halen is my 1986 picks. Well, my song has love in it as well. Okay. It's a video that kind of sticks in your head. The rhythm of the song sticks in your head a little bit. And I love the beginning lyric, the lights are on, but you're not home. Your will is not your own. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Robert Palmer had us all. This driving drum beat. This is another roll down the windows on a summer afternoon. As you are driving around, you've just graduated. You don't know where life is taking you. But one thing you know, you're going to have to face it. You're addicted to love. Oh, you aren't kidding. That's a great walk-up. Oh, I used to murder that song. Oh, that's good stuff right there. My thing right now, television-wise, I'm addicted to this guy on Jeopardy right now. I am addicted I keep forgetting to, to watch James him. Holtzauer. Yeah. Who, going into tonight's episode... And I'm sorry, I realize I sound like everybody's grandpa right now. Going into tonight's episode. He has won $860,000 in 10 shows. This guy's a professional sports gambler from Vegas. He gets daily doubles, and he treats them like daily doubles. He just says, I'm going to bet it all, and just annihilates the competition. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Drop us an email. Let us know who you are and where you're listening at. The email is thesportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com. And until next time, Oogaluga. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.